Social media has been an instrumental tool for video game companies to engage their players and build communities. But have you ever felt like those same tools end up making you not want to play their game? What happens when the loud voices don't speak for you? When YouTube does the work for you and Twitch plays the game for you? All that and more right after the woo. Hey everybody, welcome to Our Evening Beverage, the show where we, well, as you can guess, drink an adult beverage because it's the evening time. Uh, I'm Remy. This is Sarah. Hello. It is I, master of beverages and evenings. Are you like an MC, but for the night? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Castlevania MC of the night, the, the new beat game. Fear me. That'd be a pretty dope game, though. <laughs> I would play Crypt of the Necro Dancer, but Castlevania themed. I could be Crypt of the Sarah Dancer. Yes, you could be. I'd have like a ballet move that shoots fire out of all of my limbs That'd and phalanges. <laughs> phalanges? <laughs> we learned what that was recently, but I don't remember. Is that toes? Excuse me, you learned. I've always known this. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't know. It is the fingers and the toes. Thank you. Okay. I was partially right. <laughs> so we're back. Um, yeah. Yeah, we decided to do our evening beverage once a week. You know what? I feel like we're talking a little bit low because we're in a new room. We usually are yelling. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we're actually coming to you live from our newly finished den. Yeah. So we're sitting on the couch, relaxing all cool and all. I got to tell you, the urge to recline, it's great right now. Yeah, like, I was feeling the same thing. <laughs> it's a great chair. And, you know, I feel people should know about it. Mm -hmm. So uh, how was your day? Good. Did some editing. New show. Boozy news. Another show with booze. So we're taking a break from one booze show to go to <laughs> oh another show. Gosh, where we, have we a are drink. not alcoholics. <laughs> uh, barbecued some brats. Yeah. Swam in the pool. Yeah. It's a good day. You know, it's so funny. I call this our evening beverage, but I actually don't care for drinking that much. So No, but today we do for the show. Yeah. I'm having a pink lemonade and vodka. Mm, shout out to Sage. Shout out to Sage. Sage, who was here. For a glorious three days and is no longer with us, though I spent time with him. No longer with us. Wow, morbid. Hey, man, he's not here anymore. Doesn't exist. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I love you, Sage. Well, speaking of friends in the video game world. For real. We're going to talk to you guys about. No, I mean, it's a pretty serious topic. A lot of times we have fun on here and this is more of something that we've kind of been feeling in our hearts lately and um you wouldn't think that something made to enhance your gaming experience actually is a bit of a downer uh, a bit of a detriment uh, to the gaming experience and tends to make you feel a little bit more isolated sometimes yeah i mean to explain it for the listener take your favorite taco and mm -hmm. the joy you have consuming the taco mm -hmm. like even the next day thoughtfully thinking about the taco the taco longingly mm-hmm and then just have it all stripped away like it never happened. That's what it's kind of like. So you're saying this is not a serious conversation we're going to have right now. No, it is serious. <laughs> it's, that's all I heard from N that. Not having a taco is very serious. I lost <laughs> them for a month. Well, um, I'm just going to try to move this podcast along and, and talk about a topic here. I'm oh, look at me. I'm Sarah. I'm the one who's actually <laughs> moving the show along for once. Oh, yay. <laughs> the one time in my life. The one time. <laughs> 
I'm wondering, as a uh, EverQuest player, sure, and uh, I used to play a lot of WoW, and then moved on to games that were more lighter versions of those two. We had to make a lot of our own builds and talent trees, and there wasn't. I mean, when WoW came out, there was WoWhead and stuff. And, and in the later days, there were, you know, you could look on the internet and find talent trees. But there wasn't massive, you know, YouTube videos by thousands of people telling you how to play the game, right? Right. Um, how does that affect you playing? You know, it, it's a bit overwhelming, right? For sure. Like, I mean, back in the EverQuest days, they didn't even have... A, cart- a cartographer service at all like you had to hand draw all your maps if you wanted to kind of remember where to go so eventually uh maps got added online and then eventually everquest was like oh yeah uh, maps are great in the game we should add that finally after four years or whatever yeah and in wow you had to buy a physical atlas which is crazy when you think about it mm-hmm. yeah I mean, all these games got dumbed down over the years for player base reasons but well, and then um, when you're given maps, now you're given maps in the game. And then um, if you still don't get it, you go to uh, YouTube and you get a more detailed map or you get an interactive map or you get, you know, filters and things that to tweak it to your more personalized way of what how you're trying to play. Sure. Uh, so everything is you don't have to go in there and find anything for you. So do you feel like that's stifling players' creativity? I, I think we're in the generation now where we would rather watch the YouTube video to figure out how to do something rather than play itself, yeah. Hmm. I, I'm wondering if that's bad. So we're saying we're coming at it as if it's a negative thing, right? Sure. Does that allow us more time to play and do other things? Or does that stop us from really digging deep into the game? I, I think it kind of stops us personally. Like I mean, there have been sites around forever, like Achievement Hunter, for instance, which walked you through getting achievements in games, like even the super hard ones. Mm-hmm. And I, I've watched a couple of their videos because in Assassin's Creed 2, I couldn't do the polearm uh, kill challenge where it was like 15 people at once or whatever. Mm-hmm. I didn't know where to go. Yeah. So it was uh, Jack Patillo who was doing it. And I was like, oh, wow, this is cool. And then I met him years later at E3, which was even cooler. <laughs> I'm such a huge fan. Did not say that. <laughs> sure. I did mention that that Achievement Hunter video is what got me the platinum in Assassin's Creed 2. So. <laughs> uh, how much of this is FOMO, though? Like, why can't you just not look at the video? FOMO is feel of missing out? Uh, fear of missing out, fear? yeah. Fear? Okay. Um, My point is that if I have your mentality, right? It's, right. It's stopping people from really getting the full immersion of the game or whatever. So why do I then go to YouTube? Because everyone else is? Because of FOMO. Do you see what I'm saying? I I can get this platinum on my own, but everyone else is going to YouTube, so I should too. Yeah, I mean, that kind of makes sense in that case. I just... uh... For me personally, it's never been fun for me to watch a video of how to do something. Like, there are a lot of games that I played catch up in where I had to because the game was already out for years. Like, Final Fantasy XIV, for instance, is a really good example of that. Uh, Because I was playing a tank and I didn't know how to tank certain encounters. And I have this fear of randos just hating my guts. Mm -hmm. So, of course, I watched the video on how to tank, like, you know, whatever dungeon it was or raid boss and... 
you know, I kind of figured it out from there. That's a really good point. Yeah. That's a really good point and, and goes towards more of what we're going to talk about tonight, too. The pressure you feel from other people. I mean, I even feel it in the division once in a while. Oh, I mean, yeah. It, it, I, I hate doing random groups. Like, I will not do random groups because I just don't want people to start giving me crap about my FPS being or bad. Or your build. Or, or my DPS being bad. Because you didn't yeah. look... Because you didn't look at a YouTube video. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, there are a lot of nice YouTubers out there, I'm sure. It's just, I'm one of those guys who's always like to figure it out. I mean, we figured out Vogue on our own uh, with Dungeon mm-hmm. Protocols back in the day. And, you know, Vault of Glass was a huge deal for us because we did it on our own, like, blind. And it was fantastic. And, like, later on, like, that week, we got to see how other people did things. But, you know, it was our way the first time, and we did it. It wasn't the most effective way, but it was ours. Yeah, and how much of it is the YouTuber's fault? The supply and demand, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they need that clicks for ad money and whatever else they get from it. I don't or understand just, how YouTube works. I mean, I mean, think about it this way. Like, even if it's not for money, there's just a supply. You Some people just want to help people. Like, of course, yeah. it's a tiny percentage. I'm not, you know, dumb. Uh, but, for example, I'm having trouble reading the Broken Dawn book. I have trouble reading books. Right. Um, because of the way my mind works. And so I would love it if someone put out a audio version of that. Right. And so I've heard a lot of other people say it. So what if one day someone hears enough people say it and they put it on there? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I sometimes just... it's just a need that people want to supply. And I also want to point out that if anyone is listening to this and they're interested in having me read the audiobook, uh, I would be fine with that. Well, I mean, I am. Would you like me to read the audiobook? Yeah, we've talked about this. Page one, Broken Dawn. You can't read an audiobook, though. Oh. You listen to it. Okay, so I read a book. and You then... read the real book, and it becomes an audiobook. So Rem reads book, then become audiobook? <laughs> <laughs> this is fantastic. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, can we talk a little bit about Twitch real quick? Because mm-hmm. that's another one of those big old content supplier where you become the star of the YouTube without making the YouTube video, but you're live. I play game. I good at game. You do stream and you are good at game. <laughs> I like watching you. Yeah. And it goes back to what you were saying about um, feeling the need to watch YouTube videos to get the best build the best this uh know the routes know everything when you want to stream as well so it's kind of a catch-22 you want to stream you're gonna get basically told you're doing it wrong if you haven't kept up on all the youtube videos and the and the culture there too exactly and twitch is weird because it's a live service and you know youtube does live now and facebook does live mm-hmm. and mixer is live bless you pwn star so yeah so when we say twitch we basically mean all of that encompassing one right any live streaming service where we're talking about twitch just happens to be the big one um you know my problem with twitch is i've always liked watching other people play games more than the act of me playing the game and we talked about that on the far cry episode where i just stared at you longingly while you played through far cry five no you stared at the tv longingly right (laughs) that's what i meant (laughs) but yeah it was just one of those things where it's like you know sometimes i'm really interested in playing a game but we don't necessarily have the money for me to buy the game (laughs) and i mean for the listener at home we don't we're very frugal with how we spend things um and a, a new game is 
a very big commitment for us, especially mm-hmm. if we purchase it, because we feel the need to get our $60 worth. So streaming culture helps us in that. We can, we want to play a game, we can watch a game instead. Right. And it's like my son Jacoby loves to watch Yokai Watch Japan stuff because it's not in America yet. So he'll sit there and tell me, oh, daddy, there's this and that and this. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, buddy. I'm like, don't you want to like wait for the game to come out? And he's like, no, no, no. I'm still going to play it when it comes out. And he does. He spends hours upon hours playing Yokai Watch or Pokemon Protect Attack. Right. And those are little niche things that, that streaming works for. But what about someone who has the game already and watches people play? I honestly think that if I have a game and I watch somebody play, it's because I'm supporting their channel like a, a Think Panda or something when she's playing Monster Hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, I don't think I'm ever going to get that far in those fights because I don't have a lot of time to play Monster Hunter, but I want to. Or or someone like Sage where whatever they're talking about brightens your day in some way. Yes. It's less about the game. Sage has a weird superpower about him, doesn't he? Yeah, he really does. He brightens anyone's day. And uh, he, he's like he's like an antidepressant, but he's there like as a person. Yeah. So if we get to more of the darker side of this, though, um, and we think about the people who are on in those chat rooms for other reasons, like to backseat game or to put someone down oh, man. and things like that why you know what i mean so they a lot of times they come in with what they think to be good intentions you know they've played the game they've got through the game and they're going to help you what makes you think that you that person needs help what makes you think that you need to tell them the better build to get you need to why is that helping i think a lot of those people feel validated when they say that in a chat but mm-hmm. it it doesn't usually make the person who's streaming feel good, I guess, because it's kind of like questioning their authority on something like, I see that you're doing this, but you should do this because it's more efficient, like sort of thing. That's what you mean? Yeah. And you've had that happen before in your streams. And uh, and I welcome I welcome it in yeah, mine. Yeah, yeah. I, I do welcome it because I don't watch YouTube videos and I don't, I just don't have time for that kind of stuff. And I don't watch other people stream as much as I'd like to. Um, you watch a so, lot of documentaries about serial killers. <laughs> shut though. up. Okay. <laughs> Some women just like men who make a plan and stick to it. What can I say? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm insulted and aroused. <laughs> so um, uh, mine is kind of a a um hmm, enigma i guess you would say it doesn't really count i welcome people which also tends to uh bring people who are know-it-alls to the stream but i let them be their know-it-all selves and help me in that sense but if it's not welcomed and if it's not asked for i just think that it's not appropriate i don't know that's a whole different conversation, I think. You know what's always been funny with me in streaming? When I do stream, it's usually uh, Diablo 3. Mm-hmm. And nobody comes in to talk to me about builds. And it's fantastic for me because most of my uh, viewership is from the Division community. Right. <laughs> so like, I have a couple of people who play Diablo, but they don't really 
you know know the builds as well as I do. But uh, one time I had a CM from Diablo in or some community representative in like, oh, I see you're doing this build. Have you tried this build this season? And I'm like, oh no, I haven't. Uh, maybe I will, but. I just like throwing daggers at people, and whoever it was was like, LOL, me too. I'm like, okay, cool. Perfect. <laughs> Thanks. Well, um, moving on from, you know, Twitch playing the game for you, it's it's this new but, culture that... But not Twitch plays Pokemon, because that's fantastic. Everyone okay. press up. <laughs> that's good shit. That was a lot of fun. Uh it's it's just this new culture that I wouldn't say is necessarily bad or good, um, except for the obvious toxic things that happen that is, there's no point in even debating because it's just a thing. If I had two words to reply to that statement, it'd be for sure. For sure. Um, let's just kind of dive a little bit deeper into communities. And that word is a mouthful when you think about what it is so when in this episode when we say communities we're still going to be talking about social media tools so um clans streams twitters uh youtubes facebookles the facebooks um hogwarts sorting hat <laughs> all that stuff is going to be different types of communities we could be talking about and um i kind of wanted to talk about player driven communities so, like, smaller clans, smaller streams, smaller Twitter accounts, stuff like that. Uh, company-driven communities. So, like, Ubisoft Massive recently created a Division Two Discord. So, that would be more of a company-driven one. Where slow mode is always enabled. Or, yeah. Or uh, the Division game, Twitch. Or the entire Twitter community as a whole, right? Anyone on Twitter that plays Division, that would be more of a company-driven community that is overseen by people in PR, stuff like that. Another one we're going to be talking about is in-game-driven communities or software-driven communities. So they're integrated in the software. They're um, guilds in WoW, clans, um, any type of chat programs that are in, uh, like like trade chat you sure. know, in Barons WoW. Chat. Or, Baron's chat. <laughs> the most notorious chat of them all. Or like um, the clans in Destiny, right? Yeah. Stuff like that. So those are the three ones we really want to talk about. And are these things engaging players or are they driving them away? So if we look at player-driven content or player-driven communities, they're a lot more customizable. This would be like Resolute, the clan both of us are in. Um I am a member of that clan. <laughs> yes, they're more they're easily filtered. There's more room for leaders, especially newer leaders to fuck up because you set your own rules, you do your own thing, you vet your own members, you choose who goes in goes out, age limit, um language spoken, all that. Very customizable. Um probably one of the lesser to toxic communities would be player driven communities. Um a more toxic community would be like the company-driven ones. They're more well-known. They're easy, a lot easier to find, but people can be way more anonymous in that sense, too. You can come in, you can say bad words, get banned, and you, you don't care because you never wanted to be there to begin with. Something like Resolute, no one would come in and do that, right? 
I think the company-driven ones personally attract more trolls than, you know, the clan-based ones because it's smaller. But my favorite thing about the company-driven ones is, like, whenever I see that, there's always, like, some guy who reminds me of, like, Blood Ninja, except he's not cybering people. <laughs> it's like some dude enters the Division oh 2 Discord. God, Blood Ninja. He was the one who was like, I put on my robe and wizard hat. Right? Yeah, he was fantastic. I cast level 9 eroticism. Yeah. You're now a hot chick. Yes. Um, he was also the one that was the rhino. What happened to good trolls like that? They don't exist except they for Bishak. They don't exist. <laughs> Bishak is the best troll. Uh, yeah. I, I think even like kind of hoity-toity people realize that he's like a very wholesome troll. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he became more wholesome. Let's be honest. Bishak used to be a 100% asshole. Now he's just 1%. Yeah. He's he's 99% wholesome, 1% <laughs> troll. Um, but yeah, no, like I, I definitely understand that, but it always seems like company driven ones like get like guys named like Dildo Sagans and then it's like right. Dildo Sagans is he says hi real quick and then a moderator bans him and then like all of a sudden another user named Dildo Sagans 1 shows right. up. Right. But you know what they get drowned out more in the company yeah. driven ones. They they tend to um hang out more on the player driven. Yeah. Because you go to a small stream like mine, it's going to affect me more than it's going to affect anyone at Ubisoft when it, they make that name and do it again. Right. And these trolls like need to hurt small people. Right. But like I said, it is easier, filtered, more customizable. I can choose who I want in that chat. Whereas if I go to Ubisoft's chat on Twitch or anywhere and people are saying all this stuff... My voice is not going to be heard there, but my voice will be heard in my own community. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then the third one, and honestly, I believe this would be the least quote unquote toxic of all three of these would be the software in game driven because it's integrated in the game and there's clear benefits of being in this community. So something like if you take an example like uh, Destiny or Division, there's this community in there that you can choose there's a template and boundaries that you can choose who you want in who you want out there's clear benefits of being in that your xp goes towards this you'll get an extra cash you'll get an extra piece of gear this and that so you already know what you're going to get from this community whereas more of the player driven stuff someone can come into rezo and if we have not completely like been clear with the benefits of joining Rezo, they can become toxic. They can not not become toxic, but they could become unhappy and it can create a rift and he could take people with him when he gets upset because he is slowly, you know, this has never happened, but he's slowly talking to other people in other people's ears and, and it's happened in other clans I've been in. And then all of a sudden you have this large yeah. exodus of a bunch of people. You know, things like that don't happen as much in the in-game one because you know what you're there for. You're getting that extra loot and you're good. You yeah. Know? And I have to tell you, like, I love the small in-game ones. Uh, you know, uh, Dungeon Protocol started out very big. And the reason why I no longer stayed with that clan, uh, per se, is not because I didn't like the members in it. It's just... Everybody was in a different direction than the way I originally wanted it to go. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of people fighting back and forth and bickering. And sometimes you just see a comment from somebody and you're like, why would you say that? Like, you'll even get a text message like that from a friend once in a while. And a very smaller thing like, 
why did you say that and not this? You know, like mm-hmm. you've accused me of that before where it's like, why did you say that but not this? And it's right. like, okay. Oh, maybe I should have. <laughs> maybe I should have and I apologize profusely. Also, I got you wine and that's when I know I'm okay. Again. <laughs> it's very true. Or, it's or very Brookie. True. Oh, that Brookie, man, that Brookie's gotten me out of so many troubles. <laughs> God bless you, 7-Eleven. He's like, she's not a flower kind of girl. She's a cookie mixed with brownie kind of girl. That's right. You are a Brookie <laughs> kind of gal, but a super Brookie kind of gal because it's got the M&Ms in it. <laughs> so, yeah, only the super one because it has the mini M&Ms. Those That's right. Uh, so looking at these three types of communities, we've got, you know, any of them can be detrimental but they're all meant to enhance your game right enhance and at what point does this become too much i mean just sitting here talking about all these things we've only scratched the surface we could i could sit here and talk about communities and the different types and all of this for hours and hours and when does it become overwhelming uh how do you integrate into one of these how do you find what is the best for you? Isn't it just easier to hide in your hole and say, I don't want to do multiplayer games anymore. I'm going to go play The Sims or Stardew Valley, <laughs> you know? And you've gone through that and I've gone through that before where it's just like, I don't want to be social right now. Exactly. And and these are a lot of the reasons why, because this it's just too much. You You'd think it would be easy to find like-minded players like you. And in a sense, it is. So we have our small circle where we have people we know and trust. And then you start to bring, you start to let people in. And what do you do from there when you let someone in that starts to taint your perfect little pool of water? You know, it can just it can just get tough. And then not even that, looking at the bigger picture of bigger communities. What happens when you're sitting in a stream and the entire group of people talking do not speak for you anymore? There is, you used to be a young gamer and you used to have this opinion and then now here we are and everyone's saying the same thing and you don't agree with any of it. What happens when the majority of gamers don't speak for you anymore? That's that's a toughie. Um, you know, I if I'm with what I thought was a like-minded group of individuals, that's when, if something like that happens, that's when I realize I have to abandon ship personally. Yeah. I, I mean, if you're a Twitch streamer and you're an affiliate and... God knows that you worked hard for that. You know, there are some people who literally just grinded for like with one viewer the whole time for like eight months before they finally did what they can. But like having people start not agreeing with you or judging you or questioning you or putting you down or calling you names, that's when it really starts to become a real point of contention for you as a content creator, you know? Yeah, and and the sad part is it's not just about disagreeing because back in the day we used to play games and we used to disagree. Yeah. And then that would be a thing and then you'd be friends afterwards. Exactly. It's like playing like, you know, Soul Calibur 1 or something like that on the Sega Dreamcast with friends where we would get pissed off at each other for like 30 minutes and then we're all fine, you know? Exactly. And now... You disagree with someone and you have, 
you have a bigger fight on your hands. So oh, yeah. you use one of these communities to disagree with someone. And if you're in one of the smaller ones, you're usually fine. But if we look at more of the larger communities or the company-based communities, uh, you get more and more people disagreeing with you. And then the enemy of my enemy is my friend mentality tends to come out. Yeah. And the echo chamber mentality tends to come out. And that echo chamber is very, it can be very, very toxic. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there's a few Twitch streamers that I know off the top of my head that just are, that's their brand. Like, I'm going to talk down to anything I can so somebody notices me and then. And then I'm going to find someone else who's saying the same thing. Yep. And I'm going to add to their conversation. Oh, yeah. And it becomes this big cesspool. Like, there's no good information going on. It just becomes people hating on something together. Like, you and I do a show about The Bachelorette. Mm-hmm. And. While we are poking fun at The Bachelorette, we are not necessarily hating on it because watching it is one of our favorite pastimes together, you know? And we're not going to find other people who agree with things we agree with and then just saying the same things as them. Right. Uh, I think that one of the things that I like to pride myself on as much as I hate that statement. Your new haircut? (laughs) No, it's just that I have had many disagreements with people on twitter with friends oh yeah i've never found disagreeing with friends about something to be something toxic or to be something that is a big deal i can disagree with someone and love them at the same time i do not need other people jumping into my conversation repeating what i'm saying to add validation to my opinion and that's the problem with the echo chamber culture there was no reason for me to also do the same thing if i agree with someone and their point that they're saying and someone else is disagreeing i'm not going to jump into that conversation and say why i agree with the other person that's not needed that opinion has already been said It does not need to be said again. Do I have something to add to the conversation? Yes. Then I'll, then I'll, like a brand new perspective, whether it's agreeing or disagreeing with either of them, that doesn't matter. As long as you're coming in with a brand new, a brand new perspective. But repetitive comments do not add validation. And that's the problem with the echo chamber culture. Yeah. And I mean, there is such a thing as a positive echo chamber. You know, you saw that a lot with Destiny 1. Um, like supporting and advocating absolutely that can be a positive echo chamber bringing a voice to someone who doesn't have a voice absolutely but not when it's a an argument of two able-minded people who are fine on their own yeah um i mean especially on social media when you see that sort of thing it's just like a lot of uh, quoted tweets it's like i agree with this guy it's like okay yeah, and that's fine to do on your own wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you want to if you want to let your if you want to let your friends know, all your followers know that you agree with something someone said, sure. Go for it. But to Re- me retweet with comment, gif, old, <laughs> old spice guy nodding yeah. slowly into camera. Yeah, that's fine, but if you're if there's an argument of someone saying something stupid and then 15 people telling them why they're stupid, you do not need to be that 16th person. Yeah, and I think that's why it's important to read the comments first. Uh, not not because of anything like that. Just there, there always seems to be like 
you're right. It's usually like 15 people that you immediately see who are like, you're dumb. Or like when the division two does a tweet, for instance, uh, it's like, Hey agents, uh, title update four is coming tomorrow or something. Matchmaking for raids, matchmaking yeah. for raids, which is fine. Want matchmaking for raids, but we both know that that's the last thing you, that's the last 20 things you'd said on Twitter. Want matchmaking for raid. Good luck. Finish raid. Yeah, but how much are we being an echo chamber now? No, I don't know. You know, who knows? Who knows? It's just, it's so difficult. We're proving our point, essentially. Essentially. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, sometimes you're a bit more sensitive to it when it's something you don't agree with, too. And and no one's perfect. I'm sure we've been guilty of it before, too. But the point is, is it's becoming a thing. And it doesn't need to be a thing. Uh. But you're right. You're absolutely right. There are echo chambers that are beautiful and needed. And breathtaking. And breathtaking. You're, you're breathtaking. breathtaking. Um, but when we're talking about something that is not the end of the world, not a huge social injustice, you can say your piece and move on or just move on. You don't even need to say your piece. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you don't even have to post on social media. I know it's hard to believe, but you could just say it to yourself, and that's the end of it. Yeah. I do that all the time. Tanks accuses me of talking to myself constantly, which I do. Well, you had, <laughs> you had brought up a good point to me earlier. Um, what do uh, retweets do on Twitter for the echo chamber dilemma? It depends on if it's positive or negative. I mean, if it's a retweet and you're following that person, then... That's kind of like, I, I've always liked the way that Major Nelson runs his Twitter where he writes uh, in his profile, retweets are not endorsements. Hmm. But I think a lot of people retweet as an endorsement. As an endorsement, an absolutely. Like even a like. Like I know a YouTuber who doesn't. Why would you retweet it if you weren't endorsing it though? Exactly. And I know a lot of people who don't like hit that little heart icon uh, on tweets that are tweeted at them because they feel that that's an endorsement. It, it is. Yeah. It's social currency. Like we, we, we oh, talked about yes. this on Warlock School way back in the day. Um, where social currency, you know, it was that. me, Andy, and Watts talking about uh, how we couldn't get behind. Uh, I think it was Prison of Elders because we just didn't think it was that good of a horde mode, mm-hmm. you know. And we thought that a lot of people socially monetized things when they were talking about Bungie because they wanted a community focus or. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that. Because yeah. back when Bungie was handing out community focuses left and right, like every it week got a lot of streamers their big starts, you know. Yeah. Like I, I watched a streamer who had maybe twenty concurrent viewers go up to over two hundred constantly and they just kept going from there and they moved on to Fortnite and other games, but you know, it, it, those community focuses were a big deal. So if you agreed with Resolute that mindset, that one, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I begrudgingly am in that clan. No, I'm just kidding. But no. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah, it's weird. Uh, for me too. Uh, no, I'm kidding. They're great. Uh, so my point is, is that like when those community focuses happened, it was because a lot of players thought that regular content creators trying to get their big break were just sucking up to Bungie so they could get that big break and move on to become a variety streamer, which did happen. Yeah. And, and do you feel like if you're negative about something... Do you lose that quote unquote friendship with that with that dev or PR person or something like that? Um, And that's and that's a big deal for a lot of people, too. I have to be constantly positive because they're held hostage in a way. Yeah. 
you know, for, for those reasons. They've done so much for me. This is what I need to do. All of this is just part of social media and how you can feel overwhelmed being a part of all of this. I mean, this is so complicated. Yeah. I mean, you and I, uh, we, we're making fun of that Destiny thing. Well, we're talking about the Destiny thing. And, you know, if it wasn't for Destiny, you and I wouldn't have ever known of each other, you know? Right. And when you get down to the core game... I loved Destiny for what it was. I loved the people I met. There's just politics in gaming that don't need to exist that have overshadowed the game itself. Here's my issue. I have not posted a lot about Division lately because I feel that whatever I say is wrong to so-and-so, to so-and-so, to so-and-so. So what can I do? I, I can't please everyone, obviously, is the is the mindset I need to have. But at the same time, I, I want to be myself. Yeah. Um, I don't have my friends that I used to have in Division 1. In Division 1, I just, I was allowed to be po- all the positive I wanted without anyone making fun of me. And now in Division 2, if I'm positive, I'm sucking up. I'm... I'm on the payroll. I'm this. I'm that. I'm I'm sorry. I'm just a positive person. And just because I tend to find the positive in everything and I'm not having these negative experiences that other people are having doesn't mean that I have some kind of alternative motive. It just means that I'm enjoying something you're not. And the opposite is true, too. A lot of times there's people that only find the negatives in things and that's their their problem that they have to deal with that's their brand for god's sake i mean sometimes it is their brand but the problem the pro the difference between mine and theirs is i'm not hurting anyone in the process why am i being chastised when i'm not hurting anyone in the process if you're going to take something that people worked hard on and people are passionate about and break it down as much as you can every single little thing you can find and only point out the positive but what i loved about warlock school is you guys pointed out the negative and you pointed out the positive mm-hmm. so you you find someone who is only doing negative 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 who wants to be around that why are they why is it constantly being retweeted you know mis- is it misery loves company is it is it you want to be validated because you dislike something, they dislike something, so let's band together, dislike something together, and down with the people who love what we hate. I, I, I just, I can't. Yeah, and I know those feels because that's why we stopped doing Warlock School. Exactly. Like, when we were critical, uh, we would get one-star reviews that said, oh, they claim that they enjoy the game, but they're very critical. And then, you know what happened six months, a year later? Everyone was critical. Everybody turned. Yeah, you guys pointed out, you guys said great things and then said negative things, said great things, said negative things. And then six months later, everyone else was saying the same negative things you were saying was going to happen. Yep. And then it did. I don't know. It's it, it's weird. Like, I, I watched a lot of Division Faithful, like, kind of turn and because I think it's because it's an echo chamber right now where people want division one movement again and they can't get over it's not in division two or you know division one power gear sets in division two or you know whatever it happens to be there's some minor change that they don't like 
or they're reiterating something from a YouTuber or a Twitch streamer because it helps them in their brand with that opinion on social media gain followers. And that is 100% social monetization to me. Right. And I have, there is nothing wrong with disliking parts of the division. Oh, yeah. That's totally fine. There are parts that I don't like. But there are people that create their brand on being, I'm not like everyone else. I, Ubisoft supports me and I don't only point out the positive. Look what a great person I am. Your arms up in the air, like kind of doing I look a like pose. a ballerina right yes. now. But basically that, I don't know if I want to get go down this road, but you're using, you're using hate to create a brand in that spirit of being overwhelmed. At what point do you give up? Right now. Yeah. I mean, will we ever just give up trying to interact with each other? That's where I am right now. When, when do you say this is too much? I'm going back to the Sims. I would like to mention something too. Like even for us as podcasters, while we are like, people know who we are. Like if they know our community and what we do, you know, I introduced myself at E3 as Tinks's wife, just as a joke, to see what people would say. And no one questioned me. So (laughs) that was weird. Uh, But whenever we get like a pretty biased podcast review, like we've had a couple on Bombshell where it was just like, uh, and that takes the wind out of our sails. Like it does. It does. It, It has made us almost give up probably three times. Yeah, if you look at the date of the review, you'll you'll see there hasn't been an episode out for like a month after that review date. We ha- we have issues. <laughs> like we like I don't I don't think people realize this that we hate our work. Like not hate it, but we love doing what we do. It's just We after- love doing what we do. We're so worried about you guys hating on us. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is, too. Like, And that was the lesson I learned from Warlock School. Like, I just had it beaten into my head every week. Like, you should have seen our email box. Like, it was it's, just like, you guys are the worst. People can say awful things. Yeah. And you just want to be creative. You just want to have a voice. And you just want to have fun. And people can be so mean. And it's time to stop. Yeah, I just... Like, literally, the if you don't have something nice to say, don't say it at all. Unless it's constructive. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with saying, you know what, this sucks, and I don't like it, and here's how you can fix it. And you don't even have to say it if you don't have a way to fix it, because you expect the gaming companies to do that. You expect them to have a grasp on what players like. And so you say, hey, this sucks, fix it. And and you can say it just like that and still love each other. It's mm. not a big deal. Yeah, I I just you know I think we're now we've kind of come for full circle as gamers where you know you miss that single mm-hmm. RPG type game because it's so cacophonous as uh, Sage likes to say, where <laughs> it's just you and your headphones and. You're playing like uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, for instance, and you're just like, "Oh, this is incredible!" And then, like, and then, and then you realize that you miss that social aspect, and you go back to the dumpster fire. Exactly. And then you go back to the cacophonous. It's just, it's so weird. That's why I was so glad when you're playing Far Cry Five because I was like, I don't want to play Division right now. Though we did for the podcast when there's, 
you know, meaty enough updates and yeah, such. Like we always play Division. We yeah, always go back to it Division. It was Survival or whatever it happened to be. It wasn't Last Stand, though. <laughs> Stayed away from Last Stand. Um, but, yeah, it just... It really sucks because, you know, I'd like to be more active with my honest opinions on stuff. And, you know, I try to be. Like, I mean my brand was always seen as negative by people like you had somebody say oh well you know there's i'm not sure if you want to work with him because be careful with me yeah yeah and uh because he's kind of viewed as negative in the community and mm-hmm. it's like well i was just honest you know yeah and i i was on the e3 floor this week and i'd met somebody because he saw a ninja pancake and i wish i could remember his name he was a youtuber but he was just starting out Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I, I've heard of your website before. You know, you guys did. Uh, he actually mentioned Sweet Scoped. Um, wow. Yeah, he was a Sweet Scoped fan. And then he said, I remember Warlock School, too. Man, you guys were so snarky. You should have kept that going as your brand. Work on that snark as your brand, dog. <laughs> and I'm like, we don't want that. I don't want to be snarky. Yeah, you, you want to be snarky for um, improvement, not snarky yeah. for a brand. Totally. That's what's important. Um but going along with giving up, right? Yeah, let's talk about giving at up. What, at what point do the companies, do these developers give up? At what point do the companies forbid their developers to stop interacting with us? That's kind of the weird point we're at now because, like, I mean, we've seen it happen with Destiny. Uh, we've seen it happen with Division. Uh, we've seen it happen with WoW. We've seen it happen with Diablo before really good seasons were implemented and... You know, it's just they're getting, you know, I'd imagine they get in trouble because you can say the wrong thing. It can be taken the wrong way. A poor Thylander that one time said that um, a shock isn't used in the shock isn't applied in PVP. And then Marco made that video laughing at Thylander. Yeah, he's you said not in PVP. And Thylander basically said, well, I mean, the. Occupied Dark Zone doesn't count. That's considered, that's always been considered there's no rules. It's just pure whatever's there. He was talking about normalized PvP. Yeah. So, anyway, at what point does PR say you can no longer talk because this is becoming too big of a problem? Back in Division 1 days, it was so easy to be positive. It was so easy to give con- constructive criticism. It was easy to speak my mind. Uh, this was, what would this be? Three, this would be four years ago. Uh-huh. Um, before the game even came out, uh, after the game came out, all of this. It was so, our community was a lot smaller. Um, I felt like I could say anything I wanted to say, and it would be taken, not seriously, but I wouldn't be made fun of. Yeah. And now I'm just I won't I won't say anything. It's become where you're overshadowed by toxicity, you're overshadowed by negativity and like you said in or dishonest school, feedback. Dishonest feedback. Um a lot of times there's a game people aren't used to games being an evolving thing. Yeah. Uh next week the game could look totally different from this week. And if you say that you're laughed at too so i i honestly avoid social media uh as much as i can once a uh an update drops because i just 
I always see it, and it just, it, it always, like, in the back of my head, like, I just want to save these people from themselves, like, you don't understand what you're doing. Like, like I've seen star players, like, kind of get bitchy about stuff, and it's just, like, you don't understand what you're doing. Like, it's good to be honest, but the way that you are presenting yourself right now is not good. Yeah. Like, by all means, please give feedback, but make it positive about the feedback. Don't sit there and turn things into a bigger dumpster fire. Yeah, even if even if what you're saying is negative, there's a way to say it without looking like a dick. But anyway. Yeah. Um, At some point, they're just going to say, nope, no more interacting. No more state of the game. No more this. No more that. Uh, because it's just creating more negativity than positivity. And we want to give them a reason to continue to communicate with us. So, I mean, I still read This Week at Bungie. And I don't even play Destiny right now. Yeah. Just because, you know, I like what they do. I, it's interesting to know what they're doing. And I like state of the game because it, it it's fun. And, you know, a, a happy-ish type place. And I just wonder how long that that's going to continue. Things like that are con- going to continue. Or are we going to go back to the days of like when I played WoW and there was just zero communication? You didn't know when there was going to be an update. You didn't know. I mean, there were the forums and the blue posts and stuff like that. But e- before then, you didn't know what was going to happen. Right. And I, I don't know if we want to put this in the show or not. But like, I mean, speaking of state of the game real quick. Yeah. Uh like Hamish Bode had said something about, you know, I don't mind being used in your YouTube videos or whatever. And he was talking about Concealed Gamer. Uh-huh. And Concealed Gamer's like, oh, my God, he responded to my video. And he made that a clip in his, like, YouTube video and then started hating on The Division 2 for, like, 10 minutes. So weird. It's just so dumb. Well, I mean, you can hate something. I just don't understand rallying people up to hate it, too. But before... All these people give up before we give up personally. Yeah. Our friends give up. Uh, companies give up. PR gives up. Uh, communities give up. Is there a solution? Or will we keep regressing? Is it regressing? Or is it just a new generation of gamers taking over and we need to concede and realize that this is just what social media gaming, community gaming, this is what multiplayer gaming is now about with no matchmaking we have to find our own communities. We have to, not that I'm not saying I'm against matchmaking or for matchmaking. I'm just saying that it makes you become involved in these communities and these communities aren't monitored well. And all the issues we just talked about, is this the new thing? I, I fear it actually is. Um, I, I say that very uh, forlorn and almost beaten down, yeah. uh, but... You know, I, I, I kind of wonder how long it is that people will still enjoy games for instead of just attacking devs or... Watching them play. Yeah. Getting the videos on YouTube. All of these things. It just seems like the new culture of gaming. Which is why I like that games do like free weekends once in a while mm-hmm. because, you know, you can make up your own mind at that point. Because if you're seeing social media responses, quote unquote, uh, YouTube reviews of video games and stuff like that, like you're really you're looking for other people's opinion and you need to find somebody that you personally trust. Free weekends are perfect. Exactly. And free weekends are the best way for you to figure out, you know, is that guy right or would I actually like this? And I'll tell you, nine out of ten times, you'll probably like it. I think that games need to do a free weekend, not during a time. 
Yeah. I think it should be um, from when you, and it doesn't have to be a weekend. It's your weekend. You download it and you have three days to play free. Yep. No matter when it is, no matter what, on every single game ever made. Um, that way we can stop this culture of people going into Twitch saying, is this game good? I'm hearing mixed reviews. People going to Twitter, seeing what people are saying. People go into YouTube comments. If I think that that would stop a lot of that. Yeah, and I mean, we didn't mention this one site, but I mean, Metacritic? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, some of the customer reviews on that are just hot garbage. And even some of, like, Steam. the professional... Yeah, I mean, we used to read bad Steam reviews. They're just, they're just so... A lot of times people will have one bad thing where someone's shooting you through the ground that will overshadow 18 hours of fun gameplay yeah. because someone's shooting you through the ground. Should that happen? No. But God, it's not perfect. So ridiculous. And once in a while you get those games that have reviews that are like five stars because Doggo is good, but the whole point of the game is, is it's a dog on the screen and that's it. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Everything should just have a free three days to play it. Yeah, I agree. Like a time period, uh, and I... it doesn't have to be right when the game is out either, it, no. because you know that could cause. Uh, I'm all for developers getting paid, you know. So it can be three months into the game, you get a three day play period. Yeah, I mean something has to be done for this new generation of uh, regurgitators. Yeah. That are out there because I'm sure there are people out there giving strongly worded opinions on the division two, but they probably haven't played for more than ten hours. Well, it's become cool to hate. Yeah, like you know, we let's go back to Warlock School again, where we got accused of just hating on the game, and it's like, well, no. Well, it wasn't cool to hate back then, especially Bungie, especially destiny destiny was the hallelujah it was the game to end all games and a lot of work went into that game i am not discounting that at all like you know even my old opinions you can go listen to those episodes they're still up but yeah anything with a cult following like bungie though back back then yeah now it's cool to hate destiny again yep it's becoming uncool now with a lot of stuff that's happening but uh destiny or Bungie was immune to that for a little while. Yeah. And, and it's semi-new. This cool to hate on games thing is relatively new. Yeah, I mean, there were forums back in the days where people talked shit, but it was closed off. So. Yeah, and then they didn't rally people to their cause. They just said, I don't like it, and now I'm moving on to go to play another game. Now we're looking at people who are hating the game while playing it. We're also- hating the game while playing it. Still playing it. Hate still the game. playing it. They, and still telling everyone why they hate it. They have an audience because they play this game, but they hate it. Yeah. So they won't move on to other games because they're afraid they're going to lose any money they may make from streaming or and making videos. That's not videos. fair to anyone. No, it's stupid. But yeah, I mean, you know, we live in this weird time where it's an instant gratification generation, and you need that echo chamber. You need people on your side. You're not validated unless you have other people on your side and it was never like that and i think that that's what's fueling a lot of the negative in communities yeah communities they're a a weird thing like you know we have a community built up around ninja pancake which is nice like we have fans and we have people who listen to our shows and they know what ninja pancake is and thank god for that because we've worked so damn hard on it for the last five years strong as ninja pancake is the brand name but 
you know, we, we have that community that we've tried to build up and feed and make positive. And, you know, there's always going to be people that are against whatever you're trying to do because they just, they either don't care. They just want to hate on stuff. And you see it a lot. Like you and I, like we play the division two when we're doing raids with a wonderful group of people, Mm -hmm. like all the time. Uh, you know, we, we, we talk to people from Gamertag Radio while we're raiding and uh, Team Resolute and Sit Rep Radio and... And Bullets and Beer. Yeah. And on Twitter. Yeah. And I found amazing people from a more company-driven community, the official division Discord. So, like, you can find great people anywhere. Yeah. It's just unfortunate that they tend to be overshadowed. Yeah, generation negativity here is fucking killing me softly. Yeah, and so it just tends to shut you up when they are louder than you and they are more than you and they do not speak for you. And so that's... And they couldn't contrive their own opinion in their head if they tried. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the way it is. So, what do you guys think? Uh, Are you getting demoralized by communities, by social media, uh, when it comes to gaming specifically, um, we didn't even touch on harassment or, um, a lot of other issues that, God, God, we could do a whole nother episode about toxicity. Yeah. We didn't touch that much on toxicity or harassment. Uh, there's a lot of other issues out there, but this specifically, um, communities, negativity, positivity what do you guys think email us tweet at us yeah uh send in send ye old email to mmc as in my morning coffee at ninjapancake.com it's the email so nice i had to renew it twice (laughs) and uh, if you want to tweet at me specifically i am t-i-n-k-k-z and i am rempancy r-e-m-p-a-n-c-y why because i gotta because i like you we do like you. Sorry yeah. for the rants, guys. Yeah, God, I do want to talk about that toxicity on social media. I mean, too, and probably. and there's this. I think the reason that we this episode's so long, and we repeat ourselves a lot, and we go around in circles, is because we feel this in our souls every day. This is a huge part of who we are as as gamers. So, uh, we both have been in charge of many communities and been affected by a lot of this so it's hard to just just talk about it and move on (laughs) yeah and i mean if you hear this episode make sure to say hi to your favorite content creator and tell them that they at least make your day yes yes it really keeps us going and uh and your favorite dev definitely oh definitely and you know why is it why is it thylander exactly i was gonna say why is it frederick Uh, but hey, you know, for real though, uh, if you'd like to leave a review for the show, uh, you're going to find it under the, uh, my morning coffee, uh, podcast on iTunes or wherever you get. What you do is you search for it as if you don't even know it exists. And then you go look at the reviews and you tap that little button. This is write a review. You can type tap the stars if you'd like to though but we like to read what you have to say we should just really rename our feed to beverages beverages <laughs> yeah why not i know right that'd be good games and bevs Ga- i like it <laughs> we'll uh, think about it yeah we'll think about that anyway uh thanks so much for listening and you know what we are 
pleased as punch. We are pleased as punch. Tickled as titillators. What? <laughs> Tickled as tea. That's good. Tickled as tea. Super thrilled as soda. Thrilled as thwompers. <laughs> good enough. <laughs> To be a part of the Ninja Pancake family of podcasts, ninjapancake.com. Um, thank you so much for your support over the years. We appreciate you. And please visit, listen to shows like Bombshell Jackets, which yes. we're also on. Um, My Life in Games, which Sage is also on. Gosh, we have a whole lot. Uh, You'll Do, which is coming out. Um, And My Morning Coffee, which I've been told to do at least two a week, or I'm not going to have a relationship anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you giggle but it's true <laughs> uh, no I'm kidding um, but anyway thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you next time happy Hanukkah <laughs> really <laughs> it's not even a drink <laughs> no. uh, I was gonna say hoppy beer but it, Hanukkah sounded funnier and chilled as coffee no that's not a CH it's a C though Chilled as chai tea. Chilled as chai tea. That's good. <laughs> awesome as absolute. Um, there we go. Nice. Here All right. Say goodbye. Beautiful as beer. <laughs> goodbye. Bye. Bye.